Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel. We're heard in over 60 countries around the world, and we're the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. And today we are broadcasting from the shores of Sydney Harbour in Australia. On this program, we love entrepreneurs, people who are creative and who make something out of nothing. So this show's all about being an entrepreneur and having enough guts to break out of the normal routine that everybody does. Put everything you've got on the line and do something that you really enjoy doing. One of the things that caught my eye this morning was an anonymous crowdfunder has put up um, asking for people, crowdfunding people, to make him a millionaire in 90 days. He's not promising anything. He just wants to be a millionaire. He's sick of being poor. So he put up a crowdfunding site asking for people to make him a millionaire. In the first day, he got $12,000. Now, he has to get $11,000 a day um, to make him a millionaire, but he's well on the way with 12000 bucks in the first day. And all he's offering is a photograph of himself. So um, that's pretty smart. I hope he makes it. That's very ballsy, I reckon. Have you ever used Google Translate? It's a real godsend for travellers and for people who are learning a language. And the best part is, it's just got better. In January, the mobile app debuted a feature that lets you instantly translate printed text. And all you do is you simply aim your smartphone camera at the words. And this will read it for you. And it's in, currently originally in seven languages, and they are now adding another 20 languages, so 27 languages. And to read it, you simply point your camera at the text. So let's say you're traveling abroad in a country where you don't speak the language. If you come across a road sign, just hold your smartphone up to the sign so that the image appears on the display and the translate will tell you what the words mean in the language of your choice. God, how handy is that? And it doesn't need Wi-Fi or data to make it work. It'll translate stuff via your smartphone camera if you download Google's two megabyte language pack for each language you want to use. I think it's brilliant. I travel all the time and God, I think it's absolutely sensational. There's also an option that lets you snap a photo of text and translate it from 37 languages, but you do need a Wi-Fi or a data connection to do that one. We, uh, we took a photo of a piece of paper with Chinese text on it and asked the Google Translate app to show us what a small selection said in English. Wow, pretty near perfect. So um, Google's now working towards documenting more difficult languages such as Arabic. And uh, I travel a hell of a lot and... My language skills are not very good. So Google Translate is an absolute must. Now, things have really changed, you know. I, I remember 
years ago where the common saying was that sex sells. But uh, a new report out shows that with the modern generation, sexy advertising backfires. Now, that bit did a bit of study, and the first nude print ad was published in 1936 for Woodbury Soap. It featured an undressed woman lazing at the beach, her arm positioned at just the right angle to shield, shield her breasts, and the product sold really well. But a new study shows that while sex and violence still grab our attention, but just because it grabs our eye doesn't mean that it's going to translate into sales. You know, so many, if you watch television, so many advertisers still think that, still think that sex and violence sells, so they buy advertising time during sexual and violent programs, and in turn, producers continue to create sexual and violent programs because that's what attracts the ad revenue. So it's a vicious circle. But when a person is being shown a product, say laundry detergent with a sexy backdrop, it's not the detergent that's capturing the attention, it's the other action. So sex is distracting and we have a limited capacity to pay attention to cues. So the new research shows that in the best case scenario, sex and violence doesn't work. For advertisers, it can actually backfire and people will be less likely to remember your product. They might even report being less likely to buy your product if the content of the program the uh, ad is placed in is too violent or sexual. Now, there's no surprise here. Some demographics respond differently to sexy ads and violent ads. Women tend to remember products from provocative ads. Men are distracted by sex or violence but don't have a clue what the product is. Older participants are just simply turned off by sex and violence and uh, younger consumers are not very impressed with it either. So taken together, the researchers conclude that brands advertising in violent contexts will be remembered less often, evaluated less favourably and less likely to be purchased than brands who advertise in a non-violent or non-sexual media. So, titillating content, while it used to work, in fact, today is more likely to hurt sales rather than help them. Now, if you ever needed, you know, we, we all, if you get on public transport and you look around a, a carriage or a bus or whatever it is, there are hundreds of people using their mobile phones. So it's not a surprise that mobile is really where it's at. So listen to this statistic. More than three quarters of Facebook's advertising revenue comes from mobile advertising. That's up from just 62% a year ago. That's a 25% increase on what are already very extraordinary numbers. Now, Facebook's been heading in this direction for some time. Last quarter, 73% of its ad revenue was mobile. But it's still stunning considering that when Facebook went public, it was only just three years ago, its mobile revenue was zero. So that's pretty extraordinary. And when you, it's also more extraordinary when you look at the, um, the struggles the other big 
media companies have had trying to earn money from um, mobile ads. Google announced just a couple of days ago that they're incorporating search ads into the Google Play Store where, you know, users buy apps and content for their Android phones. So according to April research from Goldman Sachs, Google made about $12 billion in mobile search ad revenue last year, which is only about 20% of its total ad revenue, and most of that came from search ads on Apple phones, which is, of course, a rival. So it's um, pretty extraordinary, the growth in ad revenue from mobiles. Now, I'm pretty confident that um, every um, entrepreneur is probably like me and looks to emulate what successful advertisers are doing. Now, according to Kiora users, using these, doing these nine uncomfortable things will pay off forever because what's universally true is the value of recognising boundaries and continually pushing them is the key to um, self-betterment. So the first uncomfortable thing you need to do is absolutely question everything. So question everything that's normally taken for granted and go out and seek answers. Try to see the other side of the norm, and that's hard, but try it. It makes you a much better thinker. The second uncomfortable thing to be is to be honest. Being the most honest you've ever been with someone in your life, it doesn't have to be a significant other, it can be somebody you work with or whatever, will be one of the most uncomfortable things you can ever do. You know, saying to somebody, you know, I really like you, but God, that habit you've got of is bloody annoying, for example. So write down a list of all the people you have something good or bad to say about Write down your honest feelings, convey it to them and see how they respond. So if you're being really honest, you know, this should be a pretty emotional experience for you and uh, whatever you learn from the experience will be with you forever. The third most uncomfortable thing to do, one that doesn't sit that well with me really, is wake up extremely early. We all know that you know, waking up around sunrise is the perfect study and work environment. But um, while everyone else sleeps, waking up at 5am is ugh, challenging, but apparently the perfect way to begin the day it means you can't go out the night before. That's the only problem. The fourth uncomfortable thing to do is to watch your pennies. There's another thing I'm not good at. And you'll be surprised that if you keep track of every penny you spend for, say, three months, it's amazing what you spend on crap. Um, and then try paying for everything you can with cash because if you reach into your wallet and pay cash, you notice it. But if you put it on a credit card, you don't notice it. And it's amazing how you can cut down the amount that you spend. The fifth un uncomfortable thing to do is to track what you eat. This is another one that doesn't sit well with me. Now, after you begin to track your food... Only eat what is good for you. This will change your life forever, but it'll be uncomfortable for a number of reasons. It's hard, it's socially limiting, 
and it can be expensive if you're used to eating crap. But it's supposed to be 100% well worth the effort. The seventh uncomfortable thing to do is to practice public speaking. You know, it's a great advantage if you can stand up anywhere in front of, you know, colleagues at work or stand up in front of an industry group or whatever and uh, speak to them. And while it's daunting, um, it's the key to improving your communication skills. And, you know, it's scary as hell until you realise that everybody else that gets up and speaks feels exactly the same. Number eight is to accomplish an almost impossible goal. If you keep doing things that are easy and come easy to you, you never learn. But if you keep amplifying what you're going to achieve until you get it to a point where you think, Christ, I don't know whether I can ever do this, set this as your goal. You may have to use all your mental and physical strength to actually get yourself to achieve it, but um, you'll learn. And your physiology, your internal makeup will change. You become invincible when you're able to do this. And the ninth most uncomfortable thing to do is to master just one thing at a time. You know, it's, it's very easy to go and try to do ten things, but um, if you focus on one and really work at it, then you're going to achieve a lot more. So they're the, ten, they're the nine keys to bettering yourself and living a healthy, rewarding life. So give it a shot. <clears throat> and uh, if, you haven't, if you didn't write them all down, they'll be in my next uh, radio show newsletter, which goes out each week. Don't forget, if you're a company director, a manager, or an executive, you should join the American Institute for Sales, Marketing, and Management. It's only got one common goal, to raise the standard and proficiency of individuals and companies in the sales, marketing, and management area. Now, after the break, I'll be back with Clayton Thomas, a really interesting guy and very, very smart, and he's the Chief Marketing Sales Officer and co-founder of Metron Nutraceuticals, and he's got a unique and eye-opening approach to wellness and dealing with health and wellness in today's environment. He speaks one hell of a lot of sense. So have a listen to the interview, which is following in about one minute. This is Bob Pritchard. I'm on Voice America Business Channel, and I'll be back with Clayton after this short break. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. 
Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, this is the segment of the show where we interview successful entrepreneurs, people that have been through the trials and the tribulations and uh, can give us advice that makes us more successful in business. Yeah, entrepreneurs are people who think outside the box and successful entrepreneurs absolutely have something to share with all of us that can help us overcome the obstacles in this fast-paced technology era. In these interviews, I'm um, more interested in finding out what makes these successful people tick so that we can all learn from their experience and from the things that have made them successful. I want to learn, and I'm sure you want to hear, how we can overcome the challenges that confront every startup business. And we all need to learn from the experiences of successful mentors and entrepreneurs. I often speak about metal, media entertainment technology alpha leaders, which is an extraordinary mentor and networking and education group that I belong to in Los Angeles with 1,600 of the alpha leaders in media entertainment and technology. And a couple of weeks ago, I met Clayton Thomas at one of our Saturday morning sessions and we got to talking. He's a really good guy. He's also a smart guy and he happens to be the chief marketing sales officer and co-founder of Metron Nutraceuticals, the manufacturer of the first and only process to hydrolyze a zeolite. What does that mean? I have absolutely no fucking idea. But <laughs> Clayton is an environmental toxicology and systemic detoxification expert. Bloody hell. So Clayton has a unique approach to wellness and dealing with health and wellness in today's environment. So I thought it would be a great interview. I thought it would be really interesting. We may all learn something about how to lead better and healthier lives. Uh, Clayton's philosophy is to cure the cause, don't worry about the symptoms, or the title that somebody gives you for, for your symptoms. They always, well, not always, but usually sound much worse than <laughs> what they really are. With 38 years of experience around animals and human medicine, and 10 years working specifically with environmental toxicology, detoxification, and wellness. Jeez, they're all big words, aren't they? Clayton is a yeah, recognised <laughs> Clayton's a recognised expert in this in his field. His focus is to share his knowledge and experience to enhance the lives of as many humans and animals as possible. Hi Clayton, great to speak to you again. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Bob. Thanks for having me today. If, if nothing else, we can use some big words and make people think a little bit. But we <laughs> should have some entertainment value as well. They're um. I don't mind them being big. Some of them are just hard to sort of get your mouth around. Yeah, we won't get into Clint Optolite and some of the other things that they work with. We'll make it easy. <laughs> okay. Um, you co-founded Metron Nutraceuticals only 10 months ago in October 2014, and you did it from scratch. Now, commencing a startup is really difficult and challenging. So how's the process been of starting from zero? How's that worked out for you? You know, it, it's 
you know, they say every overnight success is years in the making. We're we're really no different. I mean, like I like I mentioned in my bio, you know, this this process to where we are now took ten years. Right. And you know, the first the first eight years was basically an introduction to a product and a philosophy that I knew in my core was something that was extremely valuable and could change the way we look at health and wellness. And it took an extra nine years from that point to get where we are now. And we, we were able to create Metron Nutraceuticals because my partner, who he's an outlier, uh, much, much like you talk about, you know, with other entrepreneurs, they, they look at things differently. Yeah. Um, Dr. Nicholas Sarikos Carapanos, my partner, he's a D first with an MD specialty and in international board certification in cardiothoracic surgery and as a PhD in mechanical circulatory technology. So all he was that, a senior research fellow at Mayo. He's really, really smart. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, all that stuff means he's smart, right? <laughs> yeah. I, did, I didn't he, understand most of that either. Okay. And he, but he, he being a pharmacist first, but uh, he'd won a couple international awards in, in, for his work in cardiothoracic surgery technology and was at the number two research institution in the world and was you know, called to come to number one in Cleveland. And while he was here, he found out that he had to get his unrestricted medical license so he could be a doctor in Ohio versus Minnesota. So he had some free time, and by chance, he did some consulting to help a, a company that was producing a suspension of this zeolite that we use to bring them up to GMP standards, and he looked at what they did and tried to provide some help and noticed that there wasn't a lot of real science it was going into that product, and because of his pharmacology background, he's like, well, I understand how to create hydrolysis reactions, and this is a crystal. Um, maybe I can I can hydrolyze it, and that's. It took him about seven months, you know, seven days a week in the lab, you know, 15, 16 hours a day, and for the first time ever, he actually created this process, and then. Once we had proven it, we created the company in October. We validated it with you know, all of the analytical chemistry we can to prove that this is actually what it is. And then we, we had a, a specialty lab built uh, from scratch to meet his standards, uh, which are pharmaceutical standards at a minimum. Right. And we started, started producing product. And I think the, the key thing was you know, funding initially. Uh, I got enough, we got enough funding. Okay. Can I just go back a couple of a few sentences? What is a zeolite? So a, a zeolite is a, a volcanic mineral that is formed from volcanic ash mixing in, in typically salt water with some blue-green algae and settling in um, sand and silica. It fossilizes over a couple hundred million years. And there's a there's a over I think fifty different zeolites, but the one we specifically use is called clinoptilolite. It kind of looks like quartz, and it has a very unique natural structure where it acts like a sieve in the environment, as a honeycomb structure that will bind heavy metals and environmental toxins and uh, mold spores and viral particles. Uh, it's very well published and proven to do some very unique things in the environment. Right uh, for for cleaning it up, and it's been used for about 70 years um, as a gastrointestinal aid in humans and animals, and there's great benefits to detoxifying the GI tract, but there's been talk for the last 10 years about making this into a liquid, and no one's ever been able to do it, and that's what we cracked the code on, is we finally took the mineral 
that is best known for detoxifying the environment and animals and people and at their their basic level, and we've made it bioavailable. Okay. Uh, so we've really cracked the code on detoxification. So let's go back a bit. Um, a large percentage of the audience that listens to this program are entrepreneurs and, and people mm-hmm. um, in various levels of business. What? Um, so you had the idea, and you've got this fantastic partner, so now you're looking at commencing a startup. Mm-hmm. How, did, how did you go about that? I mean, you, you touched on funding a second ago. Funding is always the bane of any entrepreneur's life. And, uh, you know, they go as far as they can with um, emptying the pockets of friends and family. But then you've actually got to go out to the market and raise money. How did you go about getting money? You know, it was it was serendipitous for us because we we had produced uh, some product as samples in the, in our previous lab, and a gentleman had an autistic child, a fourteen year old autistic child that um, got some product, and uh, within a couple weeks he was seeing significant changes in his child's behavior, mood, and um, how he was how he was functioning, and was able to communicate more effectively with his father and. I didn't know his father was a major investor, and I got a phone call from him, and he was thanking me for changing his child's life. And you know, as a parent and as a as a dad, uh, what it did for him as a man to know that he could finally help his own son. Um, and he told me, he said, "Look, if if you ever need money, let me know." And at the time, we didn't because we were we were trying to go a different route. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks, a couple weeks went by, and so you know what? Maybe we need to open open a new lab and start from scratch and do this. So I called him and said, you know, here's, here's what we're looking at. And he, he's like, you know what? I would be honored to have the conversation, but I want you to answer 20 questions. Right. And he sent me a list of questions and it was kind of a CEO interview. Yeah. Right. And I answered, answered the questions for him. We took an hour, hour conversation on a Saturday morning and I went for a walk and we're talking and we got done with the conversation. He's like, you got your money. Fantastic. And it was, it was it was just like that. It's the it's the interesting part, you know, because a lot of people look at going the v, the VC route and whatnot. It's tough. Um, but if you if you have a mission and you're passionate about it and you're doing stuff right, you you can find people that want to work with you. Find there's lots of people that want to help now. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, if you've got a good mission, you're a great investment for somebody that's looking for leverage. That so still, don't that- sell yourself short. That still is serendipitous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very and, much so. And bloody, yeah, I mean, and, and bloody it, lucky because it's there's nothing more debilitating than knocking on a hundred doors and getting a hundred no's. <laughs> okay, oh. how, how do you what What's the next biggest challenge that you faced? So all of a sudden you had the money. What's the What's the next challenge that you faced as a startup? Well, then it, then it was a matter of construction because we, we had our plan for what we wanted, but you know we couldn't get people to finish what we needed in the time frame that we were initially guaranteed. So that went from October into March, so it took us an extra three months right. uh, to be done. And dealing, dealing with the stress of that because we were burning cash sure. and we, we weren't producing product and we weren't selling product. Yeah. And, we we got everything done, and then it was a matter of you know taking the message through some of the networks I have, and then choosing choosing the right distribution models has been really important. 
And none of, none of that is ever easy. I think every entrepreneur knows this. We have our plans. We know, we know what we want to do, but it's never as easy as you perceive it to be. You know, there's always hangups and, you know, there's personalities that have to you know, go through negotiations and, um, you know, different cycles for different markets that you have to work in. And I've been, I've been fortunate because I'm not a really smart guy. I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And I look to partner with people that are good at things that I don't have, you know, strong skill sets in. And we've been really fortunate in that to have people that are as passionate about what we do, um, given the markets that we work in, you know, systemic health basically and removing the cause of most, uh, most problems. Yeah, we, that we have been able to find different markets. We, we, talk, we talk on the program all the time about the need for entrepreneurs to not be a one-man band because, you know, even even in big companies, it's difficult to find specialists in one discipline that's needed to make a successful business, far less an entrepreneur trying to develop his product and trying to be a um, a good financial manager and a good HR person and a, yeah. you know all the other things that you've got to be. Surround yourself with mentors, surround yourself with great people, then you'll succeed. Try to do it yourself, you're destined to go down the toilet. Yeah, and we we look at we look at a wolf. You know, a wolf as an example. We talk about a lot of entrepreneurs being, you know, the the lone wolf. Mm. But at the end of the day, even even the most alpha wolf needs a pack. You have to have yeah. a support structure. You Absolutely. know, whether it's legal, and you know, the greatest investment I've ever made is in really really phenomenal attorneys. Right. Because as an entrepreneur, you need them. Absolutely. Um, but. That you but really, really knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses and not being afraid to reach out and get help where you're weak because that makes you stronger. A lot of people, a lot of people think attorneys in the early days are, are simply for protecting your patents and things, but you really need to protect your relationships inside the business too because at the start, um, everybody's enthusiastic, everybody's on the same page, everybody's striving, striving for the same goal. But six months down the line or 12 months down the line, when there starts to be stresses and strains, if you don't have your relationships legally tied down, all hell can break loose and you'll go down the toilet again. So. Yeah, and it's, it's, really, it's really a big thing is if you're not structured properly and you, one, you don't have your mission right you know, yeah. from the beginning because once money really starts to roll in, you know, and what we're looking at because of what, what has happened with our technology is we've gone from a startup in October to, you know, possibly this year into next year, we'll be doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Right. And that, that can cause a lot of problems, you know, in relationships and business and, and personal. Uh, and it also brings out a lot of haters, you know, yep. if we can call it that, because people see that you're successful. It's like, well, I'm going to sue them because I want a piece of that and I don't want to have to work for it. Yeah. And you have to make sure you're protected because it, one, it, it can ruin you just because of the stress. Um, but also the time, and if you don't have the right representation, it'll it'll tear you apart, even if there is no substance to what people are going after you for. Great advice. Now, so let me just kind of get a picture of, of, of your business. So you, you have your laboratory, for want of a better word. Um, are you producing bulk quantities of this stuff or do you, do you only need a little bit of it so I, I'm trying to get over whether you need to sell 
you know, a million tonnes of this stuff or whether you can actually manufacture it in a laboratory and that's sufficient to, um, to distribute out to the market. What, what, what's the scale of this thing? Yeah, it's actually gone two ways because the, the technology that we created, what we had focused on initially was human and animal consumption. And our, our lab, if we maxed out capacity right now, we could produce about 3 million bottles a month. And each person needs like a one-ounce bottle. Uh, per month on, on average. And that that's a great start. If we start hitting, you know, 3 million bottles a month, we're all happy and everybody, there's a lot of healthy people. But what's happened is through, through some of my networking and working with other people, so I was put in contact with uh, some researchers at the top nuclear research laboratory on the planet up in Northern California. Right. And when I was introduced to them, they I gave them the information on what, what we created and their comment was, well, we've been trying to do that for over 30 years. We've got 1500 researchers and a billion five in annual research budget and no one's ever done this. And we, we want to work with you. And what right. they've looked at is, you know, the environmental aspects of it, being able to use it in the water, use it in soil and use it in the air on top of for human and animal consumption. And it's opened up, you know, verticals, you know, that are billions a year in revenue that we're now working in. So not only are we producing producing products in our lab that are focused on human consumption that are basically pharmaceutical grade, but now we're having to go down another path of really looking to address the environmental standpoint as well, because there are some very, very treacherous issues that we face environmentally with things like Fukushima and Chernobyl. And, sure. Um, you know, hexavalent chromium in the water supply, like in Hankley, that Aaron Brockovich was about, and depleted uranium. That yep. these are issues that we can address, and now we have to address them globally as well as just locally in people. So, do you have major obstacles with um, government regulatory bodies that tend to be slow and ten years behind the times? You know, there there is some of that, and I think you know, in in the field that we work in, it's been it's been really unique because working in the nutraceutical industry for, you know, the last 10, 15 years, you have a lot of resistance from the FDA yeah. um, because they don't they don't want a lot of natural products to compete with the industry that funds them. Sure. And with what we've been able to do has been rather unique because we we use a mineral that is grass. It's generally regarded as safe as a food additive. It's the same as table salt at the end of the day. Right. Um, but we've been able to unleash its natural properties, and we, we've we been able to get some protection you know, from, from some of the other parties, like we mentioned, because of who we're able to work with now. I mean, I have the Department of Energy in my back pocket because of what we've created. Right. And that, that gives us some protection. But Give you're you you're muscle. right. I mean, if you have to, yeah, if you have to go through the regulatory work, it it is a hassle. And I, some of my pharmaceutical um, associates that are helping us with research and design of uh, of these products and some other products, were telling me that a couple of years ago, to create a new drug, it cost sixty million dollars. You know, from beginning to end, to right. get a new drug on the market. Yeah. Now today. And a couple of years later, it cost $2.9 billion to create a new drug because the FDA and the government figured out how to, how to milk money to pay for healthcare costs and, you know, fund, fund some of the things that they love to blow money on. 
and wow. all of all of that is pushed back onto onto consumers. Sure. And it's it's a terrible way of looking at stuff, but it's you know it's the beast that we live in now. So yeah, there's I mean, no matter how you look at it, there's there's hassles. Okay, environmental toxicology. Um, I guess the words are pretty self-explanatory, but um, what does that entail? You know, it's really really looking at the factors that that we deal with from the time we're conceived that are proven to cause our problems. And you know, the first the first and worst of them is mercury. Right. You know, if you go back to you know the mat, you know we people that watch Alice in Wonderland and they see the Mad Hatter. You know, the reason that that term was created was because um, felt uh, people that made felt hats back in the day. Uh, used mercury to cure those hats, and they went crazy. Yeah, and that's why they coined the term "out of the hatter." Um, and oh, if you really? look at some that's of the environmental toxins, that's yeah, that's that's where the term came from. And if you look at mercury, mercury is the most deadly neurotoxin known, and it's the second most deadly chemical behind plutonium. Um, but it's highly prevalent because of the industries for the last couple hundred years in the United States, from coal mining and coal burning and you know, pollution, you know, burning coal, which yeah, China seafood. still does a lot of seafood, vaccines, you know, because of the the preservative thimerosal that is mercury that's in a lot of vaccines. And it's intergenerational because what's in your grandmother and what was in your mother is in you. Right. And what's been proven is that 30, 30% of the mercury that's in a woman is passed into her infant, either through the placenta or through breast milk. And then you add in other toxins, whether it's cadmium, arsenic, lead, aluminum, cesium, strontium, yep. uh, when we really look at some of the major environmental issues. And then you can get into you know, some of the biotoxins, and, you know, like lime and black mold and the organophosphates and other volatile organic compounds and pesticides and whatnot that poison us. These are the things that are causing our problems. The World Health Organization had proven that over 40 years ago. You know, but the problem is the the pharmaceutical industry figured out 40 years ago that if you have this underlying cause that creates all these symptoms, you can take these symptoms and you know, classify them into different disorders and different diseases, and then you can design drugs to treat those symptoms without right. ever addressing the underlying issue. And without addressing the cause, you have a system of managed care where people can never get better, and they will always need more drugs. And so you can create a lot of money from that. We wish to just remove the cause of the problem and watch people get better. So does your product remove all toxins? So all of the ones you mentioned before that are in your system, um, for example, does it remove all of them? Yeah, well, not not all. There's a couple that it's not good at, but when we look at the mercury, the cadmiums, arsenics, lead, aluminum, cesium, strontium, you look at cesium-137 and strontium-90 and like depleted uranium and black mold spores and all of those, yeah, it's, uh, it binds them and does it really well, and it's actually very well published and proven to do so already, so it's not, not like we have to make up a new yeah. story and say, oh, well, we, we think this does this. It's actually science-backed, right. and the process that we've done to make it water-soluble and systemic is very well proven now with analytical chemistry and using liquid chromatography and mass spec analysis to show that, look, this is a liquid, it is water-soluble, and it's small enough to permeate every part of the human body. So we can actually get into the brain and the central nervous system and inside yourself, inside the mitochondria of yourself, to where we can clean up the toxins that are blocking, say, a magnesium binding site. 
you know, that once you remove those toxins, magnesium can get to where it needs to go and your cells begin producing more energy. Or if you look at something that's becoming prevalent today, like insulin resistance, uh, if you if you remove the blockages from insulin receptor sites, your your cells themselves will buffer excess insulin out of your bloodstream, and you'll see your blood sugar normalize. It's a lot better than taking drugs for the rest of your life. Well, I'm a diabetic, so I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, you you say you're not very smart. I tell you what, we've been speaking for 24 minutes, and you've convinced me. I am sold. Now, when I spoke to you. About- <laughs> When I when I spoke yeah. to you at Metal, uh, you told me that a lot of what you do is confidential. Um, can you tell me now what's confidential, or at least why it's confidential? Yeah, some of, some of our science you know is confidential, but you know a lot of the a lot of the stuff we're we're happy to release. You know, in our our lab, you know, as I I hardly ever get back to Cleveland, but I'm in Cleveland today in our laboratory, and we don't allow cell phones in the lab because you know we we're very sure. protective of our process. Um, but most most of what we do, and some of it we have to keep kind of quiet because of what clinoptilolite has been proven to do, mm. you know, on its own, it it has some features that are very, very special, you know, like the ability to bind viral particles and the ability to upregulate tumor suppressor genes uh, when the powdered suspensions were injected into tumors. Uh, it was causing the immune system to turn back on and causing those abnormal cells to die the way that they were supposed to. Right. The hard part was that you you couldn't get this rock to get inside the bloodstream and you couldn't get it to cross the cell membrane on its own because it was a solid and it was a rock. Hmm. But since we've made it water-soluble and bioavailable, it does that. And when you start cleaning up cells, and from the inside out, even if they're healthy cells or if they're an abnormal cell, and they start working properly, you know, the healthy cells work really well and the abnormal cells know to kill themselves. So interesting right. things happen. And so there, there are some things that we, we can't really talk about because we're not going to go the pharmaceutical route you know, for, you know, for the nutraceutical product. Um, but it, it makes it a lot of fun to hear stories back from people when you get the anecdotal evidence of people saying, you know what, you changed my life and you gave me my life back, and thank you, and watching animals change. It's kind of cool. That's fantastic. Now, you don't appear to have a website, um, but you do, have a yeah. good, you do have a good Facebook presence. So why is that? Well, I have a Facebook page. We also have a, have a website. We have the cytodetox.com, which is the name of our, our practitioner's formula, which was the first version that came out, and people can get that online. It's just cyto, C-Y-T-O-D-E-T-O-X.com. And you can get information on the product. You can find me on Facebook, just Clayton Thomas. Sure. Yep. And the I for our company, I don't think we're going to have much of a web presence because my my goal, you know, it's kind of like we we were talking about. I know what we're good at, and we're very good at producing an ingredient that will change change a lot of lives. We aren't going to be one that sells a specific product. You're not going to see a Metron Nutraceuticals brand. What we are doing is partnering with some entities that are experts in their fields and creating customized products for them uh, where they're going into distribution. So we're, we're staying behind the scenes. It's a way to provide protection, um, but also a way to make sure that I have very good people that I'm working with that are experts in their field that take care of the things that I'm not very good at. I can talk all day long, but I'm not good at some of the other marketing. 
So, so being able to find people that have those gifts has been very valuable to us. Why is and it, it saves a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, why are you different than all of the other detox products I see, I see on television all the time? What, what makes you guys different? Yeah, ba- really basically, all of the other the cleanses and detox stuff that you see will work in a GI tract and maybe kidney liver, but they mobilize a lot of toxins and they only work in those specific areas. With what we've created, we go beyond that. We're in the bloodstream. We're able to get inside your cells. We get inside your brain. We get inside fat where we actually will bind those toxins so they're they're eliminated while they're still in the body and then they're passively urinated out. So you don't get the, the really down feeling of the detox. You don't have the issues of mobilizing a lot of extra, extra heavy metals and toxins to where they're sequestered in other parts of the body later on, which can lead to one people losing a lot of weight initially as they do the next great cleanse. But then six months to a year later, they pack on a lot of fat because their body's trying to rebalance. Or I've had friends that have done some of the big weight loss things and then started showing symptomology of MS because they mobilize so many toxins that it's being stored in other parts of the body where it shouldn't be. And you got to clean that stuff up. So we're we're able to detox the body at a level that we've never been able to do before. And we do it very simply, very safely, and very passively. I think that's the big differentiator. So I'm a, I'm a diabetic. Um, I don't know whether your product can help me at all, but let, let's say it can. Um, and I've probably got a whole bunch of other shit that I don't know about as well. But yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> what? how do I get a hold of your product? I'm, I'm listening out there and I think, gee, this sounds great. How do I get a hold of it? You know, you can go to their website. You can go to phytodetox.com. C-Y-T-O-D-E-T. Yeah, so C like cat, Y like yak, P like Tom, O like Oscar, detox, so D like David, yep. E like Edward, T like toxin, O like o- ostrich, X like xylophone, I think, dot com. <laughs> and you can get the, get the product on there. Um, and, you know, the, one of the things that I, I am really passionate about is, you know, helping people. So you know, they, there are a lot of people that can't afford, you know, to get well right now. They don't have the money. Right. And if, if you're one of those, find me on Facebook and you can look me up by my name. Uh, shoot me a private message. And I, I love, I love to help, help people where I can. Um, but if you can afford it, go to the website and get it. Um, <laughs> but if you do need some assistance, um, don't be afraid to ask because we, we love to help. Okay. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately I can afford to depending on how much it is of course but I can but afford to purchase shoot me an email and I'll send you some samples too I'll send you a couple of samples for having me on now, I'm, I'm, I've seen some really cool stuff with people that have uh, problems assimilating insulin we'll put it that way Fantastic. I'm not going to say diabetic cause, um, but there's there's some interesting things that happen I can okay. put it that way okay very very quick question um, who's the business person or the entrepreneur that you most admire Oh man, that is a great question. Um, honestly, I'd, ha- I'd have to say my father. Okay, that's a cool answer. Why? You know, because my my dad opened a, a veterinary practice in the middle of the country, and they they moved to an area where there wasn't a lot of people, 
And they got two loans when they started the practice. They got a loan to start the business, and then they got a loan so they could feed me. Right. And from from scratch, they they over the last 38, 39 years have created an amazing business um, that has changed changed dramatically over time. But I got to see how not only you can stick to your guns, um, but if you treat people right and if you communicate properly, uh, people will always come back to you. You know, every That's once in a while, people will leave to go try something else, but they always come back. And being around the clinic, you know, from the time I was an infant, you know, I was raised in a veterinary clinic like you talked about. Um, it is everything I've, a lot of the stuff I've learned with communication, I learned from being around animals and I learned from being around adults and I saw how my dad communicated with people and his sick, twisted sense of humor is what I carry now too and how you can use it. You know, you don't have to be the uptight prick, you know, to be successful anymore. You can be yourself and you can have fun and that's what people really want at the end of the day. Clayton Thomas, one hell of a good guy. I'm really thrilled that I met him. Um, and uh, obviously, despite his protestations, extremely smart. And I really appreciate you being on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, mate. And uh, so if somebody wants more information, uh, go to C-Y-T-O-D-E-T-O-X.com or look up Clayton Thomas on Facebook. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you are listening to the bob pritchard radio show to connect with bob please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com that's bob at bobpritchard.com now back to the show Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel, the number one global business radio show for entrepreneurs. This is our 197th show, and I still remember the first one very clearly when I didn't have a clue what I was doing, and uh, I haven't listened to it for that reason. I'll listen to it again for that reason. This morning, today, we're broadcasting from uh, Sydney, Australia. In California, it's about 10 to 6, 5 to 6 in the evening, and over here, it's about 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, one of the most important skills in business is being able to listen, not just hear the words, but actually hear what's being said. And uh, most people like to think that what they have to say is important. So if you or I make the effort to uh, share our thoughts, our feelings, our knowledge, then we want to believe that the person that we're speaking to is actually listening. But honestly, most people are too distracted thinking about what they're going to say or whatever to really take it all in. So people sit there watching your mouth move until it stops and then they dive in with whatever they've, um, they've thought of saying. But great leaders understand the value of active listening and to get the most benefit from what others have to share. So let me tell you five actions shared by those who truly know how to listen. 
Try to integrate them into your conversational behaviour. You may be surprised at just how much extra you learn. The first action is to be present. Being in the moment is not just for a Grateful Dead concert. If you're going to take in what somebody's saying and truly focus on that, what they are saying, push distractions aside. Give the person a gift of your attention. Put down the smartphone, turn off the computer screen, put down the book, look at them with a neutral or pleasant expression and if you, if you look at them, people are impressed already because most people only pay half attention. Secondly, turn down your inner voice. Um, you know, when you're listening to somebody, it, internal analysis of it is unavoidable, but it's often at the expense of objectivity um, and that'll take over in your brain and, and uh, you stop listening and begin formulating what you're going to say. There's plenty of time after a conversation to assess the value of what you've heard, but first, you have to hear it. So note-taking is a good way to, to um, quieten the inner voice. Just write down all the, um, the words or the key phrases, and then you can benefit, process it in your own time. Thirdly, repeat your interpretation of what you've heard. Now, this is a technique that many psychologists and counsellors recommend. So when the opportunity arises, speak up and tell the person what you've just heard. Um, it's, it's okay to rephrase in your own words, but be sure to uh, end with a request for confirmation that that is what they were saying. For example, um, so as I understand it or as I hear it, what you're most concerned about is that the new hires lack training. Is that accurate? Is that, is that what you're saying? And then the speaker then knows that you're paying attention and fully engaged and they will become more engaged and probably share more information. So repeat that um, interpretation of what you heard. Fourthly, to be a good listener, you need to ask for clarification. So during a conversation, listen, listen for areas of interest where you can inquire further, you can ask another question. So without derailing his or her train of thought, say to the speaker, what do you mean by that? Or why do you think that is so important? You know, the speaker, the person who's speaking will um, appreciate this interaction and you'll gain better understanding of the person's perspective as well as your own perception of the information. So affirm what they've said and wherever there is a, an opportunity for you to ask a question that doesn't change the train of thought Go in and ask that. Go in and ask that question. The final point of the five on how to be a good listener it's to establish a follow up. So at the end of any conversation, discuss it and determine what action steps are required. So okay, we've discussed this, this, and this. Now the next step is to do whatever. Um, 
this check-in will alert them to the your actual concern for what they've said and help them, I guess, assess their own relevancy to your needs and express appreciation for their point of view and let them know that you found it valuable, even if you don't agree. I hear what you're saying. It's an interesting perspective. My perspective is a little different. Um, and then talk about it. Make them feel heard. Increasing it, it increases the odds that they'll really listen to you when you've got something to say, something that you think is important. So that's really critical. Make sure that you subscribe to my monthly newsletter and the radio summary, which is sent out to over 16,000 business executives in over 60 countries every every week. The radio summary goes out. Subscribe by simply going to Bob. Pritchard.com. That's bobpritchard.com. Uh, I've just been appointed the honorary president of the American Institute for Sales, Marketing and Management, which is the premier body for anybody who really wants to get ahead. So if you're in sales or marketing or management, go to AISMM.us. That's AISMM.us and find out the information. Thank you for joining us for today's show. We look forward to you joining us again next week. In the meanwhile, remember, if you're not really pushing the envelope and standing on the edge, then you're taking up too much space. It's easier and much more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. This is Bob Pritchard, and I look forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.